What's up, everyone? It's John here at the top of the episode. I just need to inform everyone that this is, in fact, a tournament-style bracket situation, so every battle will lead to another battle. Um, these are single eliminations, so you'll see them once, at least in these first initial tournaments, and uh, yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, but for now, on with the show. This is a Dynamike Network podcast. Press play to start. Welcome to Console Combat, and it's time to hail to the kings, baby. Here are your hosts, John and Dean. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Console Combat. I am John, one of your hosts. With me, as always, is Dean. Hello. I exist. How's it going? If you're sensing a trend, you're right. So because these first three episodes were recorded together uh, in a very similar time period, uh, you won't get much in a variance of news uh, for the second and third episode. Um, Don't take that it is how the future will look. Obviously, it's hard to make news that doesn't exist yet. Um, But here will be a segment that is going to be shorter than usual. So uh, without further ado... The news. Now entering the drop zone. All right, so the PC game release radar, uh, according to IGN, so this does not include a list of indie games on Steam. This is more major releases. Uh, if you want a indie game release, I'm sure you can find that. Uh, so November 9th, which is actually today of recording, uh, we have Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. On November 10th, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. November 10th as well, we have The Day Before. November 14th, we have Turok 3, Shadow of Oblivion, and The Walking Dead Destinies. November 16th, Yohane, The Parleon, Blaze of the Deep Blue, in the Deep Blue. November 17th, Persona 5, Tactica. And then on December 1st, we have SteamWorld Build. Those are the upcoming PC major releases. And already been seeing some uh, early reviews of Modern Warfare 3 and it doesn't look good boys oh no oh no the game's gonna sell well regardless it doesn't really matter of course it is because there's a thousand million bazillion fucking Call of Duty fans um, and they're all children or uh, Twitch streamers he means everything in the kindest of ways folks don't take him personally he's just got a smooth brain that's um, true. But also, a lot of the people playing Call of Duty are children that shouldn't yeah, be playing games. Probably. I, mean, this, this <laughs> I was one of those kids back in the so. day. Yes, who wasn't? I mean, I played Black Ops late. So, uh, so Nintendo Switch. Because episode one, we gave you PlayStation and Xbox. This episode, we're giving you Nintendo Switch and PC. Uh, so, for the Nintendo Switch coming out. There's a handful of good games coming out from the day that we're recording, which is the 9th. Um, <clears throat> November 14th, marking the release, finally, of Hogwarts Legacy on the Nintendo Switch. I apologize to all in advance for how terrible I assume it's going to look because that the graphics on PS5 look fucking incredible, and there's no way the, the uh, Nintendo Switch holds a candle to those graphics. 
Yeah, even the uh, the Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal games and the uh, Skyrim ports, you know, the 74th version of Skyrim, they all had pretty lacking graphics. But to be fair, you know, you're looking at a very low-powered handheld. Um, but if you really want to play it on mobile, Steam Deck exists. Yes, yeah, so if you really, really want to play Hogwarts Legacy in the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for PS1 graphics, find yourself that way. No, no, on the Nintendo Switch. But using PS1 graphics. Because I the think it's going to be that. The best Hagrid. <laughs> PS1 Hagrid. <laughs> yes. I, I will certainly share a picture of that Hagrid uh, on the day of the release of this episode. Um, absolute unit. <laughs> yeah, a, an absolute pair of a person, I tell you. <clears throat> Okay, so yes, Hogwarts Legacy finally getting its drop. Also that same day, Super Crazy Rhythm Castle. Sounds like a Studio Ghibli movie. Moving on. Uh, it does, actually. Uh, Turok 3, Shadows of Oblivion, and The Walking Dead Destinies also all, all together on November 14th. Big day November 14th for games. Um, so after Hall releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then following that, of course, is the uh, combination game that's seen all of the other platforms, Yohane or Yohane, the Parhelion, Blaze in the Deep Blue, uh, which is on November 16th. And then, fucking fantastically, Persona 5, Tactica, no, I'm just kidding, yes, that's coming out November 17th, but truthfully and utterly, the game that I'm looking forward to probably more than any game this year, and I'm saying that as a huge, huge, huge fan of the idea of Solid uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Delta Snake Eater, because I am a die-hard Metal Gear Solid fan. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, wait for the future. Um, yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah. Uh, fucking Super Mario RPG is getting a remake, and I am so fucking ready to play that game on my Nintendo Switch, because holy fuck, that is my favorite RPG of all time. It is such a revolutionary Mario game because it was the first variant of Mario that wasn't a side-scrolling platformer that was not a Tetris-style game. Um, and it was just beautiful. It was gorgeous graphics for its time. Um, 1996, if I'm not mistaken. It was just just a wonderful game. I, I cannot gush enough about it. Um, and we'll be talking more about Mario RPG soon because we're going to be covering uh, Gina in the uh, upcoming battle. So look forward to that. Um, but yeah, Super Mario RPG, man, I, I, I am fucking stoked. They updated it. The graphics are like new. It's not like they're using the, a port. Um, I think they're using Unreal 5 for it, which is phenomenal. Um, it's just, it looks beautiful. For those of you who haven't seen the trailer, I cannot speak highly enough about this game. It looks fantastic. Um, and it's coming off of the heels of um, Super Mario Wonder, which is, it, just, it looks beautiful. It's a side-scroller, just like old classic Mario games. And honestly, the return to form is a pretty nice return for me. I feel like a lot of people in my nostalgia group uh, love the idea of a side-scrolling Mario coming back. Uh, so... Um, yeah, look forward to those games coming out here in the next few weeks uh, because I think it's safe to say that we are absolutely ecstatic and ready for some of these games to come out. Yeah, it's nice to see a newer, uh, or a, a, not newer, but a change in formula to the Mario game releases. Like you've had your open world like Mario Odyssey and things like that. 
and going back more to its I, I can't even say roots because you know the Mario's didn't start that way but going back to a style that hasn't been touched in a while because I think the most recent RPG style Mario game has just been uh, the Paper Mario's right I think those are the only other RPG games that Mario's ever put out yeah and I've heard some of them have been pretty poor I've I've never heard too much either way about the Paper Mario's, but obviously we're doing a video game battle podcast, and when you do research for Mario, you find out there are varying versions of Mario, and apparently, according to pretty much everybody, the strongest version of Mario is a version of Paper Mario. Um, yeah, I believe it was the first Paper Mario game. I, I'm not as well-versed in Nintendo games, uh, but I do know that... Uh, from what I've heard from some people who enjoy uh, the Mario or Paper Mario games, that the first one was the better one, and then that kind of fell off from there. I don't know if the newer one that came out, because I think there's four of them. Three I'm, or four. I'm unfamiliar. Honestly, that's one of the few Mario games that I've never really played any on. I know I'm, I'm pretty confident that the first one was either late SNES or early N64. Mm-hmm but I don't remember when or which. Because, yeah, oh, that's what it is. So uh, Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door uh, has yeah, received gets, really well. And he gets like this, he be, basically becomes God or some mm-hmm. shit like that. It's wild. Yeah, and then it was uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star. Now it's the one that uh, people were upset about, I remember. Uh, although, of course... GameStop and shit would say, "Oh, it's a good game because they want to sell it." But I've gone. Yeah, that, so that's I've the one that I've heard bad things about. The GameStops that I've gone to, a lot of them are like, "Do you like this kind of game?" No. Well, then you won't like that game. Well, I mean, you got to remember these corporations always inflate their uh, yeah reviews yeah, yeah. because they're paid for. You know, <coughs> IGN. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's cool? Um, <laughs> Aren't we using IGN right now? <laughs> shh, we don't. Um, Dean has yeah, been quoted as saying IGN is the source of our game information and news what? no but but yes uh, there's reasons for things uh, <laughs> reliability being one of them well no S- they're just SEO being the other <laughs> yeah yeah so hopefully Mario RPG comes out well uh, and it gets a comes out as a good release, unlike the latest Pokemon games for Switch. Because, oh boy, I've seen those videos. I've been they playing Sword good. and Shield. I don't dislike them. They're just a little bit more... I'm so used to... I, I, this is to, a testament to how old I am. I uh, I grew up with red, yellow, green... Or, sorry, red, yellow, blue. And uh, it's... I mean, it's not the same thing for me. It's totally a different animal, and it's almost... No. Well, I'm not talking as much gameplay. I'm talking about bugs, because they were really buggy Ow. unreleased. Uh, yeah. The newest ones, like, it was... People were just shitting on those games. Yeah. That's the downside of games, like, nowadays versus oldest old-style games that had to get released finished. Yeah, because there was before internet connection... You couldn't just, you know, push out a 60 gigabyte update and be like, okay, the game's fixed now. Actually, just kidding. We fucked up a lot of other things when we fixed these things. Uh, you know, Cyberpunk. You know, remember Re- that? Recode, decode. Yeah. So, back in the day where if you wanted to get an update for a game, 
you didn't because the game launched as it launched. If you wanted it updated, you got to wait and see if it comes out for the next console as a remaster. Yeah. Uh, it started getting to the point where, you know, towards Xbox Live and stuff where, uh, for example, Halo 2, um, they had the additional maps they released on Xbox Live that you could download. Yeah. But they also released a disc that had the maps on there that you could install to your hard drive. And when you did that, it also did an update on the game, which did fix some bugs. Okay. Which was nice. Yeah. But now everything is just updates, updates. Yeah. But then live service, there, games as a service. <laughs> there are still games like Hogwarts Legacy who get fixed and broken each time they get fixed. Mm-hmm. Just to just to exactly your point. And then your live service games where they'll do, oh, we're weapon balancing in the multiplayer. Well, now this gun is now overpowered, so you got to wait two to three weeks for them to update it. And then you can actually play the game without being destroyed by a shotgun constantly. Looking at you, Modern Warfare 2019. We have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, they released the game and went on vacation. Yeah, probably. Uh, Okay. Um, Well, uh, that, that... Uh, I guess we've landed. <laughs> uh, so okay, guys, it's time to choose your characters. All right, Dean. Uh, this week we're running forty-seven and Ezio. Who you got? I am choosing Agent Forty-Seven because he's the bald man I aspire to be when I lose my hair. Oh, it's a mission, ladies and gentlemen. He's not even balding. No, he doesn't even have a receding hairline. Mm, debatable. He's not even 30. (laughs) Getting there. Almost. All of these things and more. (laughs) On the next episode of Dragon's Balls Pay. (laughs) Look it up on YouTube. It's pretty fucking funny. Did you you watch that already? I've seen that. I know I've seen it at least once before because I recognize that Frieza face immediately. (laughs) Oh, I love owning cartoons. Uh, and I, as opposed to your 47, I'm going to be running Ezio Auditor of Assassin's Creed. So we got two assassins, and I think, I think it's going to be a fun fight. I went first on the last episode with my backgrounds and abilities of Nathan Drake. This time, you get to go first. <laughs> Oh, boy. Age of 47 grew up as part of a genetic experiment. Uh, he was born in the Ortmeyer's Asylum as one of the most successful clones of his kind. He was engineered to be the perfect assassin. He was trained as an expert in firearms, combat, disguises, and other various assassination techniques. 47 has traveled all over the world, completing various missions and taking out hundreds of targets that we know of. There may be more. He was trained from birth to do one thing, kill. He's a contract killer, and he works for the International Contract Agency, simply known as the Agency. Their operations are worldwide. Agent 47 reports to a handler, Diana Burnwood. She supplies him with information, clients, and targets. As the Agency's deadliest assassin, 47 is feared around the world, yet somehow hasn't been caught, which still baffles. Even the most skilled assassin in the world can't hide in the shadows perfectly when your job is to eliminate high-profile targets like presidents and crime lords. Although he has accepted his life as it is and rarely questions the morality of his killings, he doesn't enjoy his work. 
but it's only because he never had a choice to begin with. He is cold, professional, and reserved. He's emotionless and pretty closed off to the suffering of those he kills. He prides himself on being perfect, poised, and ready to take on any challenge that comes his way. He keeps up an expressionless effect in a monotone voice and makes sure to calculate and manipulate his way through any environment. If he does show any emotion such as love and regret, it is extremely rare. 47, of course, trained with many weapons and many different types, and he knows how to use all of them, whether it be from intentional weapons or even impromptu ones. He's proficient in pistols, shotguns, sniper rifles, regular rifles, SMGs, doesn't matter. Uh, some of the other kits in his uh, back pocket can be some explosives such as proximity mines or just remote detonation c4 uh, he can use distractionary devices such as gold coins fish uh, anything and he also knows how to use and distribute poisons whether they be lethal or just sedatives and I believe 47 coming into this fight is probably gonna keep a silenced handgun mm-hmm. And definitely his razor wire, the or the piano wire, you know, the... The garage wire. Yeah, the garage wire. Those are definitely things that he's going to have on his person when he's brought into this fight. Okay. Yeah, Hitman's, uh, Hitman's a favorite. He's definitely one of those people that uh, if you play video games and you play that style of video games, he's one of those characters that definitely pops up as a, as a top uh, favorite for a lot of people, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Defiantly. That's a different He's so defiant. <laughs> He's just so defiant. Let me tell you all about Ezio Auditor. Ezio Auditor de Ferenz, a central character in the Assassin's Creed video game series, was born June 24th, 1459 in Florence, Italy. He hailed from an affluent family and lived a life of privilege until the tragic deaths of his father and brothers forced him into a life of vengeance and justice. This marked the beginning of Ezio's journey as an assassin, a path he embraced to protect his mother and sister and to seek revenge against those who had betrayed his family. Ezio's story is spread across three games in the series and an animated short film. His adventures took him around the world during the Renaissance era, where he unraveled Templar plots and discovered ancient Isu artifacts of immense power. He held the title of Mentor of the Italian Brotherhood of Assassins from 1503 to 1513, a testament to his leadership and skill. Ezio passed away on November 30th, 1524 at the age of 65, leaving behind a legacy that continues to inspire generations within the Assassin's Creed universe. His life serves as a testament to the power of resilience, courage, and the pursuit of justice. As a master assassin, Ezio developed a vast array of skills. He was adept at blending into crowds, picking pockets, and excelling in both armed and unarmed combat. He mastered stealth and public assassination techniques, free running, and long-range combat. His parkour skills were particularly impressive, allowing him to navigate complex terrains with ease. Ezio's weapon of choice was the assassin Yetagan sword, which he used during his journey to Masyaf in 1511 and again the following year when he returned to access the library of Altair ibn Lahad. However, he was also proficient with other weapons, including hidden blades, throwing knives, and guns, thanks to the era he lived in. So... Ezio is definitely going to have his sword. I'm also going to say that he does in fact have his hidden blades, and 
He will also have two throwing knives. He will, however, not carry a uh, firing gun. Oh, so he's coming in this pretty well stacked up then, huh? <laughs> he's bringing a knife to a gunfight. That's true. Um, but again, there's an issue. Uh, you know, you just said that he's dead. So Hitman wins automatically. <laughs> if only this were a time-based <laughs> fight. Yeah, because so, Agent 47 so is still alive. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> well, I'm going to say that this is a Templar anomaly, and fuck you. <laughs> it's caused by the aliens in Assassin's Creed 2. It's, it's, it's definitely yeah, what it yeah. is. Those things that never get mentioned by anybody until you play the game. Yeah. Yeah, spoilers. Mm. Ooh, sorry. Oops. Spoilers for Assassin's Creed 2 that came out in what year? 2013-ish? No. Maybe even earlier than that? No. Assassin's Creed 2 was 2009. <laughs> Good God. Ooh, it's been a while. It's been a while since I could. So I think that means... That Gentlemen, select a stage. And uh, last time you picked, so it is my turn to pick this time around. Mm, let's see what you come up with. See, it's hard because one of them is more familiar with the modern era and the other is familiar with the Renaissance. So Italy is definitely going to be the location country-wise. Um, okay. And I'm pretty sure Agent 47 has been to Italy on missions so he's probably familiar with at least a newer version of rome or venice or wherever we end up yeah going. and you know what the Colosseum is a perfect place for these two to meet the roman Colosseum. yeah okay it, it gives them opportunity to hide it's a familiar territory to both people and it's a confined space so yeah yeah i think it's a perfect place for these two to meet okay okay Okay, okay, we've got Denzel Washington. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so I guess that begs the question. After Ezio and 47 somehow circumstantially arrived, I think they're both each other's targets. I think that's the safest way to go about this. Yeah, uh, I'm sure uh, Diana at the uh, agency would uh, be like, 47, your new target is a man who thinks he's an old assassin. Who thinks he's an old assassin, she says. Something like that, you know, just an outdated assassin from when the agency wasn't the agency. You know, something like that. <laughs> oh, so you said, okay, we're going to go with the context of uh, Ezio is a, a member of, a, of a, the organization that predates the organization the from which. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, so the agency from Italy, the Italian agency. L agency. <laughs> La agency. No, two agency. Many Italians listen to this are just cringing and so yelling at themselves. I'm Irish. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a mutt. <laughs> Players enter the battlefield. This is the battle speculation. The speculation has no impact on my results. However, for the purposes of allowing this to be visualized by our listening audience, the hosts will announce how one of the 1,000 simulated fights might pan out. The weapons that spawn throughout the fight, as well as the environment in which they are present, are not factored into the simulations, 
but it further adds to the image we hope to present. Uh, so I guess uh, that begs the question, who goes first once these two absolute maniacs find each other? I think, if anything, 47 would probably stick to the shadows and kind of do recon, uh, assess the location, and maybe kind of monitor Ezio just to kind of get an idea on what he's really up against. Uh, like, he doesn't know that he only has um, just, like, knives like, and blades. Yeah, he certainly wouldn't know that. Because he uh, would know his proficiencies. He would definitely know what he's capable of. Yeah, he, he probably has a dossier from, from the agency, like, giving an overview of uh, what he is known. Especially since, you know, <laughs> Ezio was from hundreds of years ago. Um, that's quite the quite the tablature there. Yeah. So I, I feel like just that alone kind of gives Forty Seven a bit of an edge. Mm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna say that Forty Seven is monitoring Ezio, and he loses him for just a second. Um, but then he spots him again in just the middle of. Of, you know, just the, the, the middle of the Coliseum, right on the dirt in the middle, just standing there. Um, so, uh, Ooh, as he's question. standing there, uh, so, something I we probably should have uh, established first: Are we doing modern time Coliseum or like in its heyday, like pre, like like after it was I'm, built? I'm gonna say it's uh, it's after it's built and it's not occupied. Okay, so like more around Ezio's time. Yeah. Okay. So it's only it's for the act. Yeah, only for the sake of not having um, bystanders. Okay. Because despite despite the fact that both of these guys are murderous assassins, they're not innocent killers. Well, unless you're a dick in the Hitman uh, games. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, a penny saved is a penny earned. True. Uh, um. 47 is going to reacquire his target in the middle of the Coliseum, standing there, just standing there. And I think Medicinally. that... Yes, just with his hood down, no movement going on. I mean, there's wind blowing, so that the cloak's, you know, kind of shifting. Um, and it's going to draw 47 out. And as 47's walking towards Ezio... Surprise, motherfucker! He falls off of a pillar above uh, 47's head and drops onto 47, dropping straight into his back, kicking him and using his body as leverage to not directly impact the ground. Okay. So he takes an eagle dive off of a pillar. Yes. And... Not too tall a pillar, but one enough that wasn't out of uh, was out of 47's direct line of sight because he thought he had the target in his vision. Okay. Hmm. So obviously, forty-seven is now pinned by Ezio. So uh, no, I... no, he's not pinned. I didn't. I, I should have clarified. He's not landing on him. He's kicking off of him. Okay, so we just kind of. So he's he's legging down, but he's not gonna land on him. He's gonna kick back off of him, like backflip style. Okay, so it's gonna disorient forty-seven, um, and I feel like his next course would be to steady himself and then turn around to uh, shoot at Ezio. He's drawn his, his silenced pistol and he's now, like at, as soon as he 
brings the gun to bear. He starts firing at him. But because Ezio is proficient in wall running, Ezio's already started to run up a wall and avoid the bullets. Of course he has. It's like you already know what my moves are going to be before you even oh, yeah. say them for yourself. Uh, so yeah. And whilst Ezio is running up and not up but over that wall parkour style, he is definitely going to be slinging a couple of his throwing knives directly at 47. Right. What do you think? Do you think any of them hit? Um, want to roll, wanna roll a d20? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think 47 is dexterous enough that he's able to shift himself just out of the way. I feel like having seen him in games, he's very robotic in his movements, but still so fluid that it almost looks like he didn't even have to think about it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, especially with him being genetically modified, he's probably got the, the heightened awareness of what's going on. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say 47 took about five shots. And I, of course, I don't. We'll we'll assume that there's like nine rounds in the clip. I would say nine is right. So we'll say there's about so he's fired about five. We'll say five. Uh, while Ezio was parkouring around. And uh, so now he has a better idea on the agility of Ezio, and he can kind of lead the shots a little bit better. And he does take a strategic shot and gets him in the leg, try and stop him from being a little froggy from hopping around. Okay, good move, good move. Yeah, Ezio, you know, he's he's fast, he's nimble, he's he can get around, but I, I feel like, yeah, he would get clipped a little bit. Um, but then all of a sudden, a blue light appears in front of him as he's coming down, and a little gray, like, handheld device. He can't really describe it because it's, it's unfamiliar technology to him, but it's certainly technology. Um, the taser from GoldenEye007 appears in front of Ezio. Uh, as he's lying on the ground. Um, I'm going to say that Hitman 47 there might have seen the light, but didn't see the item. And as a result, he doesn't know that Ezio has it. And Ezio's not going to really bring much attention to it either. He's going to save it. He's going to stick it in one of his many pockets because, you know, with all those knives comes all those pockets. Um, True. And with one hand tucked into his left side his right hand and his left side his left hand and his right side he's going to swing out his left hand and throw a knife and then at the same time start running not running like super fast but kind of dashing Charging. in the direction of 47 yeah with with his uh, his how the fuck did you say that thing uh, taser uh, no He's gonna he's gonna dash at forty seven with his Yatagan sword. His, yeah, his Yatagan sword. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So. So he's got that one thrown knife in front of him to kind of catch forty seven off guard, um, because he has to defend himself against the flying blade. True. Um, or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just takes it. Who knows? No, I think he's gonna see that coming, and he's gonna just just sidestep. That's all he's got to do, just sidestep out of Because it's not like magnetic. He knows he just needs to step out of the way. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to put him off balance enough to where it's going to make it so that Ezio can get a direct hit on him with the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, Ezio's going to 
definitely take a slash at him, but uh, 47's just gonna, again, like a swooping sidestep, like ducking down and stepping mm-hmm. out of the way. And it's gonna get him positioned behind Ezio just long enough for 47 to go ahead and get that grot wire around his neck. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, that'll definitely be a surprise for Ezio because he doesn't know about the grot wire. He's less familiar with uh, 47 and what he's able to do and the things that he has uh, readily available for him. Um, but utilizing the advantage that he has of unknowns, uh, Ezio is going to reach into his pocket and pull out the taser and stuff it into 47's neck as he's holding his neck, thinking he has an advantage, which is going to cause him to let go of the garrot wire. Um, that's, assuming, that's assuming that Ezio has it pointed in the right direction because he's unfamiliar with it. Maybe he has it so that the uh, prongs are actually facing the wrong way. Uh, I would think that that's a pretty basic thing. I mean, he's not stupid. He's a smarter guy. Um, I'm going to say that the prongs being facing in one direction and the bottomed outside of it being completely bare and a button being favorably on the top versus the bottom to use the taser, I feel like it would be a common sense play. Uh, so I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm going to veto that call on your behalf. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, uh, just because I don't think that it would take rocket science to utilize a small taser like that. It was one. at least worth mentioning. Now, if you had said it was a gun, I would definitely argue. <laughs> yeah, at least if it was a modern one, because I know he's uh, Ezio's used like older, uh, like the black powder pistols and stuff. I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah, yeah. that they had those in the original game or in the Assassin's Creed too. Well, they said he's capable of gun use and knows his weapons. So yeah, yeah. So I assume that there is some knowledge. Of it. I mean, it's a it's a gun. It has a gun trigger. <laughs> it looks like a, a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it talks like a gun and it screams like a gun, it must be a gun. Um, so yeah. So Ezio breaks the the hold of the garrot wire with the taser. Um, Causing 47 to kind of not fall because I think he can take the the shock of the taser. Definitely. Um, And while he's still phased ever so slightly, he is going to, uh, Ezio is going to leg sweep 47, um, causing him to fall. And while he's falling, both Ezio and 47 see off in the distance just a little bit further away than both of them can reach without a little bit of a jog um, is a green box that spawned out of blue light. Hmm. And what is this green box? Well, the green block. Uh, the green box is. Um, I can only describe it as a green box with white, uh, almost perforations to it with an exclamation point. Okay. So uh, this random mystery box over there in the direction of one whatever direction is there and on the field, neither of which the characters in play know what it is. Um, and I'll leave it to reaction to find out what it actually is. <clears throat> well, hopefully this box doesn't cost 950 points. <laughs> it's uh, not that kind of a mystery box. It's a one oh, use. Oh, box. okay, okay. Uh, yeah. I don't. I think 47 is more concerned about 
Ezio being basically on top of him to try and make a run for that box. Yeah. Um, so I think him After a is... sweet kick, I don't think he's going anywhere. <laughs> no. So I think in his down position, he's going to, again, draw his pistol and take a couple shots at Ezio because he's close enough where definitely they're going to hit. Uh, uh, oh, you think not? Well, okay. they See, Ezio has a little bit of an advantage now because he just swept kicked. Uh, 47. So 47 is disoriented to some degree. Um, and as a result, his shots may be less than true. Uh, and I'm going to say that he's dazed just enough where Ezio, along with the fact that Ezio is very, very talented in the uh, natural parkour of his area and time, because uh, he did get around quite a bit using parkour. Uh, I feel like he's nimble and able enough to, between his robe and his natural nimbleness, to maybe just narrowly miss those bullets. Hmm. Um, but he is still owning the fact that he's getting shot at, so he is running. Because uh, he does not have a gun. And because he doesn't have a gun, and all he really has is... Uh, I'm going to say one knife left. Um, no, you well said he as, started with two. He's already thrown two. I actually threw three, so I think he picked those two back up. I think that he would definitely be picking up his stuff as he goes around. Probably, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that, I, that seems like a thing that he would do. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll just drop my die. Um, oh, did you roll a 20? I don't know. I can't see it's dark down there. <laughs> it's so dark. Oh, yeah. Um, let see if you roll a natural 20 on a, on a drop or roll. I'll see if the other knife fell out of his hand. It was a five. I, I just did another Aww. one. It was a five. So. Okay. Bummer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Ezio is running towards that green box. Um, he still has one knife and his blade. Uh, 47's going to run out of bullets because he did take a few shots already. He must have only had maybe two or three shots left anyways. Uh, no, he because uh, I five out of, two out of a nine. Two, that's nine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So then he's out. He's out now after a couple more squeezes of the trigger while uh, Ezio runs away, and Ezio runs to the green blocks. Uh, and of course, while forty-seven is a very proficient gun wielder and can certainly reload his weapons very hastily. Um, he's not fast enough, and Ezio gets to the green block and says. I don't exactly know what he would say in terms of like prayer or anything Mama like that. Mia. He would say, <laughs> "No, it's not Mario. Come on, um, no, he's he's gonna just say something to the effect of, uh, I hope this is uh, something that can help me or something to that effect.' Because he doesn't have much in the way of weapons against the gun, so he's hoping that whatever's in this box that just appeared out of nowhere can help him. So he looks at it for a second, tries to figure out what he can do with it, and then slashes at the box with his knife." or his, his blade rather and out of the box a silver hat falls out okay a shiny silver hat and he looks at him and he says this is strange what a strange object and he puts it on his head and he instantly becomes Metal Ezio hmm. he picked up the metal cap from Mario 64 alright so, so this is definitely going to be a challenge Yes, so now Ezio is essentially bulletproof for a short period of time. We'll call it... Mm, we'll call it 30 seconds game. 
just for time, and mm. we'll, we'll play out 30 seconds, I think, reasonably. Um, so yes, Ezio is now made of metal, and though walking sluggishly, he's walking knowingly towards 47, because he knows he's now metal. Okay. Well, so while Ezio was looking at the metal box, or the, the metal hat box when it spawned, uh, and 47 was as well. 47 pickpocketed Ezio and took the taser. Oh, clever. So, as Ezio approaches him, he has no clue that he's missing the taser. He, he draws his sword. Uh, however, 47 makes a rush, and because he's metal, which is conductive, it shocks the shit out of Ezio. Like, yeah, twice the effect of a normal taser shot. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, because he's such a large, substantially metal object at this point, all he does is basically vibrate. doesn't fall. Um, because there's nothing forceful or uh, any kind of aggressive uh, other than the actual shock itself to knock him backwards. Um, so he is taken quite a shock. He is very shocked by this. <laughs> <laughs> and a shocking turn of events. Yeah. What a shocker. Um, so yeah, he, he is not feeling great right now. Um, and he doesn't really have much he can do except for basically just swing his sword and hope that he can at least land a blow on 47. I think with the amount of voltage running through him, um, actually curious does it say it how many flailing? <laughs> well i was my question was how many i just want to see how many volts um which 007 game was it from six was golden eye it's either 10 20 or 50 thousand it's gonna be one of those three It actually does not say. Bummer. <clears throat> well, we, we can assume it's a pretty su- pretty significant number. Yeah, and it being doubled by the high conductivity of the me- metallic nature of Ezio now. Um, yep. <clears throat> I think it'll give enough of a lasting uh, jolt, f- enough to... V- let 47 get a distance from him, hoping that that metal effect wears off so he's able to actually do damage to Ezio properly. Yeah, and I think... He retreats uh, back about 10 yards or so. Yeah, I I think uh, almost like clockwork, the effects of the metal hat fade uh, in that moment. Uh, Ezio is stunned, but he is definitely not one that can't handle pain he's obviously been at it for a while he's been taking a licking or two here and there for sure jumping off buildings Um, yeah jumping (laughs) off buildings parkouring into you know hay bales and shit like that Mm -hmm. Uh, so you know um, and so he's he's standing there kind of stunned and then he looks down and a little blue light pops up oh why does he get it at his feet huh well because it's a frying pan Oh. He got Conker's frying pan. Okay. <laughs> Which, <laughs> he's like, what the 
fuck am I gonna do with a frying pan? <laughs> Tell you what you can do with a frying pan. Gonna hit people with it. Uh, and that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna, well, he's gonna try anyway. He's going to pick up that frying pan and he's gonna say, well, it's what I've got right now. And he's gonna run at, <laughs> he's gonna run at 47, basically just flailing that. <laughs> That's frying pan. Oh my god! Like a psychopath. Uh, no, he's not really. He's not really going to do that. Of course, he's not going to do that. No, he's going to take the frying pan and he's going to throw it, um, aiming directly for 47's chest, not his head, his chest, because uh, the central point of his body is going to be the hardest to move yeah. in a fluid way to get out of the way. Yeah, I'm going to say this is going to hit 47. Um, I mean, he, more out of sheer shock that it's like he actually just threw a fucking frying pan at me. <laughs> <laughs> and it hit me. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to kind of daze him a bit, you know, knock the wind out of him. Because, uh, you know, piece of metal hitting you in the chest, that's going to fucking give you a little... <laughs> oh, God. Um, One could say it's going to leave him fried. Okay. Yeah, we're really frying now. Uh, but he's going to definitely pull his gun again and try and get off another couple shots at Ezio as he approaches. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that he's probably going to get a shot in the arm there. He's definitely going to still make his movements to avoid getting shot uh, critically, but he is going to get a nick in the arm in the process because he is fast, but he's not that fast. Yeah. Um, and the closer you get to the source, the harder it is to avoid. So, uh, Especially after already being shot though, in the leg. Yes. Uh, despite the nicking, though, I am going to say that Ezio is going to just try to go straight up fisticuffs. Uh, and he's gonna take, uh, he's gonna take the fight to 47 now. He's gonna, you know, uh, I would say a solid right straight to the face, followed by a follow-up left hook. Okay. Uh, 47's gonna, he's gonna take the blows, but because he's read Ezio's dossier, he is aware of the concealed blade. Uh... So he knows to look out for it, and he's going to try his damnedest to pull that off of his arm and try and use it for himself. Uh, and I'm going to say that he does get it pulled off uh, after that, because which hand does he have? It's on his right hand, right? Yeah. Okay. So after he hits him with that right hook and is coming in for the left is when 47 will go ahead and grab that and pull that off as he gets hit with the left. Um obviously the issue with 47 using the blade is the fact that you have to have a finger removed because it goes through right there mm. uh, where the stub is mm -hmm. but because it's a spring-loaded thing he can still just kind of jam it in his gut and release the spring action and cause the blade to go into Ezio's stomach hmm okay um I'm going to say that, yeah, sure, 47 was able to pull the, the hidden blade out of Ezio's arm. Uh, but for some reason, he forgot to check the other arm. Because Ezio had one in each arm, not just one. 
Uh, and because of this unexpected turn that he must not have realized, uh, while he's pulling away with his blade, he's not going to get stabbed, but rather he's going to stab. He's going to most definitely just plunge that, that blade right into 47's neck. Oh, we're going for a neck. Okay. Yeah, it's just, I mean, he's an assassin, man. What else is he going to He's going to try to go for the kill and blow when he's that close and catching his opponent off guard. Yeah. I mean, 47 just tried to put an end to him with a spring-loaded blade to the stomach. I mean, Jesus Christ. That's true. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I think uh, I think that's how that uh, Ezio would fight back with that. I think, I, I think Ezio's got that over 47 for sure. Yeah. And that's what you think. I feel like that... That uh, gut stab would have done a lot more damage because you know he probably would have twisted that blade. Oh, for sure, if he gets it off. But I don't yeah. think he gets it off because I think that neck plunge happens first. Mm. Okay, if that's what you think. But I think that's a good place to leave it. Either Ezio stabs 47 in the neck with his second hidden blade, or 47 is quick enough to. Uh, Insert and deploy. <laughs> yeah, would it be considered disarming, like literally? <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, because he didn't disarm him. He more armed his stomach. <laughs> he disarmed the arm and then stabbed him. So, uh, I'm trying to make it work, man. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a hard one. I got puns for days, but I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good place to leave it. Either forty-seven gets stabbed in the stabbed in the neck, or uh, Ezio gets stabbed in the stomach, and then Gutted. further stabbed by a complete and utter explosion of spring-loaded pain into his tummy section. <laughs> tummy section, right in the little tum tum. Tum tum. So, uh, while Cortex processes the results of this uh, simulation, uh, it's time to hack the game. Okay, gentlemen, before I give you the results, how do you think these two would fare in each other's games? And do you think they would make a good team in either of the games? I took the lead last time, so I'm going to let you take the lead this time. I think 47 in the Assassin's Creed games would be extremely overpowered. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, he... He's a man from the future at that point. He's got better weapons, better training, better technology. I mean, to be honest, I feel like him or Agent 47 could just cough on his targets and it would cause a slow because if you think about it, all he has to do is like get the common cold or something, right? Or like the flu and I'll just yeah. sneeze on his target. And then like within a week, they're going to die because they don't have the immune system or the medicine to combat it. Yeah, I mean, the five, plague, 600 years in the past. Yeah. Yeah. The plague doctors are just kind of kind of disco their way over and go up. Oh, he's a dead and then disco away, you know, like, <laughs> look up plague doctors. Y'all it's the big black beak. Yeah. The, the big bird beak. Um, it you know it, it would just be totally overpowered. Uh, I mean, sure he wouldn't have the parkour skills to be able to do the escapes that Ezio does, but yeah. with his proficiency in disguises, I mean, he doesn't really need to do that. All he's got to do is just swipe a cloak that's hanging off a clothesline or something, and he's just gone. Yep, yep, yep. Cue. I'm going to be a master of disguise. I'm going to be a master of disguise. 
<laughs> Am I not uh, turtling enough for the turtle club? Turtle, turtle. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an underrated movie. I can't believe that the amount of hate that movie gets. I have not seen that movie in years. It is like, so greatly terrible. <laughs> I think the last time I saw that movie was on VHS, when VHS was still more popular than DVD. Yes. I'll never switch to DVD discs. That's crazy. All right. So what do you think? How do you think Ezio would fare in an, a Hitman game? I think Ezio would fare well because he's such a silent killer. Um, he and 47 have that in common. They're both very subtle. They're both very capable stealth-wise. Uh, maybe it's a different version of stealth. I mean, obviously, Ezio's more high rafters and you know dropping in on his opponents. Um, but ultimately, I think that the result would be the same. Um, there, of course, would be some circumstances where Ezio wouldn't fare as well when it comes to these things. Like, if he doesn't have the experience to keep up with the modern weapons in the Hitman games, then he'd or probably like security cameras and things like that. Like, he's not going to be yeah. able. It, there's going to be a big learning curve there. So, if he's not yeah. aware of them before going into an area, that's definitely going to hit him in the ass like he's gonna get screwed just from that (laughs) yeah technology will be a damper for him Mm -hmm. um that is very safe to say um so yeah i think 47 would do a lot better in the assassin's creed games than Ezio would do in the hitman games that said i think the two of them together in either of their games would be fucking fantastic oh yeah but i i feel like the biggest problem with Ezio in a 47 game uh, or a Hitman game would be if he wasn't able to be as stealthy with the approach and like say he takes out his target right he the guys around him are going to have guns his protectors whoever the target would be so mm-hmm. it's going to be much harder for the escape yeah that's fair that's fair I mean I feel like it's safe to say that Ezio could find himself easily adapting to a vehicular situation. Um, yeah. I mean, as long as he, he takes a couple of weeks to go through driving school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not going to do it legally, but he'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just I thinking mean, of a montage of fucking Ezio going to driving school, <laughs> learning how to parallel park and all that shit. And somehow it's Mrs. Puff teaching him. Oh, SpongeBob, why? <laughs> so good. <laughs> Who's going to give you a license anyways? <laughs> uh, side note, uh, I saw a movie called Serial Mom. It's basically like if uh, uh, Christian Bale's character from American Psycho was like your average soccer mom. and uh and she's like a fucking serial killer and she just keeps getting away with the shit just like in uh, american psycho but the neighbor that she ends up killing is the voice actor for mrs puff (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so the whole time i'm watching her on screen i'm just thinking of mrs puff i'm just waiting for her to be like why are you like this spongebob (laughs) 
<laughs> just now I kind of want to see that just to see if I can kind of close my eyes and hear it. <laughs> it's it's a good movie. I do recommend it. It's on the Plex if you want to watch it. I'll have to check it out. Serial Mom. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think they would do very well with each other in, in, a, in a game together. Definitely. Yeah. yeah they, they, they would merge their skills and probably learn things from each other and be a very efficient uh, assassination duo. Or, or, and hear me out on this, what if it was a spy versus spy kind of game? Ooh. Like a modern telling of spy versus spy. That would be interesting. You know, uh, old school versus new school type deal. Yeah, I dig it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Almost like uh, Fallout Shelter is like a sub game for Fallout. I yeah. think a, a, a cool little sub game for, for either him, of those two. I mean, either or really, or just like a franchise sub sub game where they're doing like a, a spy versus spy thing. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that that definitely would be. Uh, we need to start copywriting these fucking ideas before some executives well, start listening and going, "Hey, wait a minute, I want to take some." These are getting recorded, bro. We're good. <laughs> This is going to be on record, son. Yeah. Give us some royalty checks. Anyways, anyways. If you steal um, the ideas, you'll hear from our lawyers, and mine is Saul Goodman. It's all good, man. It's all good. Better call Saul. Uh, yeah. Shameless plug for great television. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, I'm, I'm very much in agreement. I think that'd be a fun game. I think that would be a cool concept. Um, and now before we run to the results, I'm curious what uh, Instagram and TikTok brought to the stage for answers. And according to Instagram, uh, six people voted, three and three, a 50-50 split. All right. That's the right answer. Um, and as for TikTok, on TikTok, the people voted. Uh, where is it? Thirty-six votes. Twelve for forty-seven. Twenty-four for Ezio. Oh, so double! Wow. Okay. Yeah. So Ezio is the the front runner of uh, the social media audience for this one. So. Yeah, and I'm noticing a trend so far uh, that for the these two that we've done so far, so I, I can't really say it's a trend, but for these two, uh, both of the ones that you've been for, uh, TikTok has been in agreement with. <laughs> yeah, and definitely have much more uh, viewers Engagement. on that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's certainly going to be interesting to find out what Cortex pumps out for the uh, results of this fight. Yeah, I'm excited um, for this. Yeah, me too. I am curious because I, I, 47 is a favorite. He's definitely a favorite of mine. I've loved the Hitman games for as long as I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, as a movie fan, I and as a Timothy Oliphant fan, I loved the Hitman movie with Timothy Oliphant. Surprisingly, I have not seen that. Um, it's not a lot of people's favorites, yeah. but if it, you like Timothy Most movies based on games aren't. Yeah, although I can't, I can't speak ill of the Resident Evil movies too much. They were kind of cheesy, but I do love a good Mila Jovovich. Um, 
and the show was fucking phenomenal. There's a show. The Resident Evil show? Fuck yeah. It's on Netflix. It is fucking fantastic. Hmm. Um, the I've guy got, from... I've got to my downloads. Yeah, John Wick. You know John Wick. Um, John Reeves, yeah. No, no, not the person, the movie. Um, mm-hmm. The concierge at the Continental? I haven't seen the John Wick movies yet. No, okay. Uh, he's a very famous African-American actor. He passed away. Uh, Lance uh, Reddick. Yes, him. Yeah. Fucking, he, he plays Albert Wesker. Yeah, Wesker. Yeah. Whiskers, the bad kitty. Whiskers. Yeah, no, he's uh, he plays Wesker, and it's it's like not bad Wesker. It's kind of like good Wesker, which yeah. is kind of cool. That show is fantastic. I will great definitely. CG, great, great story. It follows his kid, which mm-hmm. is dope. Jade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's dude, such a great show. I am so upset about Lance Reddick's passing and not knowing if they're going to be able to do a season two. I'm sorry, but IMDb does not agree with you. It is a rated four point two out of ten. IMDb does not give anything a good rating ever. Not true. Uh, and Rotten Tomatoes is fifty three percent. Well, they can be wrong. They're allowed to be wrong. I love that show. That show is fucking great. So how are you presenting the results this week, Cortex? Oh, what's this? A block, much like that green one from the fight. Hmm. Uh, Except this one's yellow. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm just going to punch it and see what happens. Oh, shit, the results. All right. Well, according to Cortex... The winner of the fight between Agent 47 and Ezio Auditor is... Ezio Auditor. Ooh. Ooh. Yep, I, I knew it would be all downhill from here. You know what, though? It is not a wash. Not anything close to uh, the first episode. This one much closer. In fact, nearly a coin toss. Not quite, but pretty close. Uh, Ezio wins 544 out of the 1,000 fights, leaving 47 to win nearly 47% with 45.6% of his fights, or 456 battles. So it was a very, very close fight. Uh, the, The... Stats were a little diverse on these two. There were some that, a few actually, that one character favored more than the other, and vice versa. Um, to me, I think based on let me go back to the stats here. Uh, I deleted the stats for him, but if I had to guess, because with speed, um, Ezio is maxed out. He's a top tier runner. He gets around. He's just a fast guy. Um, his endurance and durability he's a six so he's extremely durable he's very capable and doesn't really have a quit in him so to speak um and he's also a genius i mean they're they're both extraordinarily smart but um i think Ezio just has the leg up in a a majority of the necessary ways to have made it a valid fight and uh, that is why Ezio wins 54.4% of the time against uh, of 47. I'm okay with that, though. Like, with it being that close of a victory um, for Ezio, it's, I, I'm totally fine with that. Because, you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, when, it, when you look at it that way, it's literally a coin toss on who's going to win. And it could have gone either way. And... But you can imagine that 
even if the fight didn't go the way we think it did, it was probably one hell of a fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it, 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 when it comes down to their skills and capabilities, it's not about the equipment. It has nothing to do with what they carry. It has everything to do with what they can do with their surroundings, with what's available to them in general. Like, they're both capable of pickpocketing the other. So there is yeah. no chance that they both end up with the same weapon every single time. It's no. great. It's it's just the, the speculation of that fight would be such a great visual to actually be able to see. And mm-hmm. Sony, listen to this show and learn. <laughs> um, so, cool. Now we're one and one. Um, and Ezio advances in the tournament. Game. <laughs> winner. Winner, winner, Ezio. chicken dinner. Oh, this isn't PUBG. Although I almost funny story now that we're on the topic of PUBG. I almost used the PUBG frying pan as opposed to the <laughs> soccer frying pan. <laughs> I feel like it's fine. I think it's not making any kind of a difference, anyways. No, nah. I could just as easily throw in. Uh, Tangled's frying pan too. <laughs> just frying pan. Who knew? Uh, it Disney always movie. makes me think of that um, fucking scene from like one of the first few episodes of Pokemon, where they're they're out in the rain and Brock is like, "I know, I'll use my frying pan as a drying pan." That he puts it over <laughs> his head. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many ridiculous lines. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, God. That's fantastic. And I remember that shit so vividly when you say it, it's like it popped right back to my head. Because <laughs> that, isn't I that where they found Charmander, too? <laughs> uh, maybe. It was in one of the orig- like the very first few episodes. Yeah, because I, I, I can't remember exactly Charmander which one. in the rain with his tail almost out. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was that, was that yeah, episode. That, that's, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um, all right. Well, let us uh, tell everybody what is coming on the next episode. So, uh, yeah, on the next episode of Console Combat, you can look forward to uh, some interesting developments because we're putting Gino from the Super Mario RPG game uh, against character. Yes, very. He's 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 adorable. Um, and we're putting him against Ness, uh, primarily from Earthbound, but more probably known for his appearances in the Super Smash Brothers game. Definitely. That's how I know him, really. I mean, yeah. I know what he was from, but I have only played him as in Smash. Yeah, I think that's a good chunk of people. But yeah, I don't, th- I don't think Earthbound was extremely popular, and it... I mean, I know I saw it back in my blockbuster video days because <laughs> uh, they had that game on the shelf. So I vividly remember it because it was like six times bigger than any other fucking SNES game that was out. The case was like a movie case. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never played it. Uh, but yeah, I think everybody loves NES from Smash. Everyone always uses that damn hammer. Not hammer, a baseball bat. They treat it like a hammer, though, because he fucking swings and mashes oh, yeah. with that fucking thing. It's like Thor with Mjolnir. Yeah, I'm going to insert that that one particular sound, like, right here, so everyone knows what the hell we're talking about. You know the sound when you hit the bag with the, the uh, home run bat? Yeah. Yeah, that's out. 
the almost like shattery sound. I can't, I can't mm-hmm. make the sound, but you know, everyone will just hear it here, and it's you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So we're gonna put those two characters. Um, one a physical and energy powerhouse, and the other a physical and psychic powerhouse against each other uh, on the next episode of Console Combat. Uh, until then. We can be found on Instagram and TikTok, and I think that's where we're going to stay because I'm not a big fan of Twix, and Facebook just sucks. What the fuck is Twix? I call X Twix. No, it's shitter. We've been over uh, this. Same, uh, you know, potato, tomato. Uh, you say tomato, I say how the fuck did you get in my house? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um... So yeah, uh, Instagram and TikTok at Console Combat Podcast. You can find us there, and we are part of the Dynamite Network. That is the Dynamic Duel Podcast, Marvel versus DC, Max Destruction, Action Character Battles. I'm sure I said that one wrong. Sorry, guys. And Single World, Anime Character Battles. Please go check out those shows. They're great, great shows. I've been following them uh, the last two since day one. And uh, Dynamic Duel for a couple of years now. They were actually my kind of real introduce, uh, introduction into podcasts because I didn't really ever pay attention to them before the pandemic. And then the pandemic happened. And now I'm here. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now we're here. And we have arrived just the same. Uh, all right. Well, um, I think with everything out of the way, we can uh, pull the plug on this console, pull the cartridge out of the game system, plug it back away into our case, and call it a night. So uh, have a good one, nerds. See you.